very important that you are very jealous about those opportunities because you take too many or you do too much, you will ruin your platform. And once you've ruined your platform, you lose all future opportunities. Hey, Alan Dresden, welcome to episode 100 of the Commando Voice. Today, I get to bring back a guest that I had on the very first podcast. Please welcome back Jeff Erickson. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice Podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. On this episode... We bring back Jeff Erickson. You guys all know him. Um, he is the founder of Commando Island Coffee Roasters, Commando Commons Marketplace, Commando Commons, um, and, and lots of other things, and also is responsible for building this whole complex here. And um, before we get into more of that information, I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody. Um, it's, it's pretty exciting to actually be on episode 100. Um, and no, I know there's technically, if you look at some of the bonus episodes stuff, we probably hit a little while back, but this is officially episode 100. And I just really appreciate everyone who's out there and listening to the podcast. Um, super excited that I get to continue to do this and talk with people on a regular basis. Um, this community, Kameno, has so many unique people. Um, I've said it before on the podcast, and every time I interview people that I've reached out to or have reached out to me, um, it's just I'm always blown away by the, the people, the small business owners, the, the community members, um, all of them who are here making a difference in this community. And I just love that. So um, thank you guys for letting me do what I do. Um, and just thank you for listening to the podcast. So. As I mentioned before, we are bringing back our first guest that I ever had on the podcast, um, my dad. And I really wanted to bring him back for episode 100 for a couple reasons. One, because it's a milestone episode, and um, who better to bring back than my dad? And I've had a lot of people ask me, what is my dad up to? What's he doing now? Because he was such a big member of the community and then kind of disappeared after he retired. Um, so you'll hear and learn about that. But two... Um, he was my first podcast I ever did, and to be perfectly honest, I was really bad at podcasting on step one. Hopefully, I've gotten a little bit better now that I'm on episode 100, and hopefully I can continue to improve, but um, that was really bad of poor of me on my part of, of doing the interview. I just didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I totally messed some stuff up there. So I'm super excited I got to bring him back and have him um, now that I have a little bit more experience under my belt. And um, so excited for that. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jeff Erickson. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice. Today, I get to have a returning guest. Uh, and this is also a very special episode being the 100th episode. Um, and so I decided it was only fair to bring back my very first guest I had as well. So welcome back to the podcast, Jeff Erickson. Thank you, Brandon. It's good to be here. Well, before we get started, tell us a little bit about what your life has been over the last you know, few couple of years since you've retired. I know. Is it hard to believe it's been that long already? It has. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, you know, at the beginning, 
uh, was great just getting to slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of stuff done around the house that we had just built and um, uh, the building across the street from our house. And so, you know, it, in the beginning, I think I was just in chore mode trying to catch up. And then it's like, okay, this won't last forever. Now what am I going to do? So I, I just kind of explored uh, my options. And uh, right now I'm in the process. We bought a place down in Arizona uh, and fixed it up and flipped it, and now we're doing it again. And so, you know, um, just things to fill time, but on my terms, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I think when you've been in business your whole life, um, sometimes you kind of have to reinvent yourself. So that's the process we're in. We're having a great time. Yeah. Well, actually, I wanted to jump into that a little bit because um, on the the very first podcast, I mean, I was just learning a lot of things and getting into it, Um, but we didn't really get to dive into your really starting in business and how young you were and everything. Um, can you take us back? Like when you were really young, how did you get started and why in working and was it something automatic or what was it? Well, I could give you philosophical information and I could um, just give you a quick answer. Um, I am definitely an entrepreneur and I believe um, for me, uh, being an entrepreneur and being a capitalist Mm-hmm. was the great equalizer. You know, I'm a, a boy from a, a single mother on the wrong side of the tracks, not a whole lot going in my favor. And I learned early on that when you work hard and you get rewarded with pay for that, um, it gives you an opportunity to be equal with those people that were better athletes, had intact pa- uh, parenting, um, had options that I didn't have. Yeah. And for me, that became my sport. Mm-hmm. Um, from the age of 12 on, I have been uh, self-employed. I probably wouldn't know how to interview for a, a normal job. Um, but I learned uh, being uh, about being an entrepreneur, and I love capitalism. I think some of the great things about America, mm-hmm. um, the words have been stolen and the descriptions have been stolen. I don't believe that capitalism are these companies that everybody reads about and thinks that they're so amazing. I think capitalism is a a small business person uh, listening to his community, giving them what they want, getting rewarded for it, becoming part of that community. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I love Kamano Island because they have supported us from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. We don't have to have um, slogans called buy local and support local. We don't have to do that here. People on this island are so passionate about Camino Island mm-hmm. that they do support us. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, as mm-hmm. business people, we have to give them what they want. Yeah. We have to listen to them. We are never in a pious position, and we can never do what we want without listening to our community. And um, that's the thing I think is so beautiful about capitalism. Mm-hmm. It is a give and take. Yeah. When these big companies all of a sudden start passing dictatorial rules and doing things just for themselves, I don't care how big they are, they're on the climb down, mm-hmm. or I call it the slide down. Yeah. And don't ever think you're too big to fail. You will fail eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions I used to love to ask my whole life, whenever anybody brings up a rule or something that we should have, what, did, what do we always say? Why? Yeah. In the why, we find out what the intent of that rule is. And so... Um, just long story short and philosophically, I've made my whole life, um, listening to my community and giving them what they want. I was so nervous about retiring and, um, uh, making sure that my kids 
passed on that legacy. And I'm so proud that I look back on it a couple years later and see TJ with Camino Island Coffee and you, Brandon, with the marketplace and, yeah. and the community here of really constantly putting the customer um, as the real figurehead of all of this. And it, it just makes me so glad to know, you know, so many people die with owning businesses and it gets passed to their kids. In my case, I get the blessing of getting to watch uh, it continue and do well in spite of all the external situations that are going on right now, in spite of pandemics or whatever, you know, anyone wants to call it, I, I see you guys pivoting for the customer and making things work. And I, I feel like my job as a parent and my job as an entrepreneur has been well served and, and that we've continued to pass that torch. So I'm very grateful. Yeah. Well, one thing that <clears throat> um, actually this last Mother's Day weekend, um, I thought encompassed it really well. I was, you know, um, we had an insane weekend. We had more people pass through this complex than I think we've ever had in a three-day period. Um, massive amount of people coming through. And, um, you know, talking to people, you know, many people were, this was before the CDC had updated guidelines, stuff like that. So people were still masked and everything. But even in that, we were being safe and everything. People were so excited to see that many people gathering together, having a good time. No one seemed stressed. No one seemed like they were um, worried or frustrated. Everyone was just in a really upbeat um, mood. And I was watching everything as looking in the marketplace. You know, I was, you know, I was running all over the place because everything was going on. But I was looking at the marketplace. I was looking at the, the commons area, that grass area in the middle, where we had live music going. We had these tents set up. We had so many people walking in and out of them. All of the artists that were out there were really happy to be out there and enjoying it. Um, and it just, it made me think of our very first, I mean, way back when, even before I started here, having talks with you and everything, and your vision and your hope for what Camino Commons would be. Right. Um, and just, it took, it was a very long road to get to where we are, and it was just so neat to see what you had envisioned happening. Yeah. Like I felt like that weekend was like, that is what you had always hoped and yeah. envisioned to happen. Well, I think um, in the world of an entrepreneur, we read magazines and we read books, and there's always poster children of being an entrepreneur that get rich quick overnight and all that. And I always go, where'd these people come from? Because in my world, there is no get rich quick. <laughs> it's always um, a little bit... We're a little tattered by the time we get there. You know, it's a brutal road. Mm -hmm. But 90, I would say 90% of what I call wantrepreneurs mm -hmm. quit a block from success. They give up. They're exhausted. It's only those of us that are dumb enough to, or stubborn enough to just <laughs> keep pushing that get to see the promised land at the end. And um, for me, when I look at the commons and I look at all the things that have happened, I see the promised land. The thing is, what I don't know is over yours and TJ's career, um, if you continue to keep the community first, mm -hmm. we have no clue where that can go. Mm -hmm. We are viable as long as we keep the priorities right. Yeah. Every time I've ever made a decision for money, mm -hmm. it's failed. But every time I make a decision for service, I'm rewarded financially. Mm -hmm. And that becomes the math that we have to go with. We need to quit thinking that the people in the magazines that made that got rich quick overnight. We need to quit thinking that that's the norm. Yeah. 
I don't even know where they came from. You know, for me, the entrepreneurs I know, they work so stinking hard. If we got paid by the hour, people be crying for us. You just <laughs> do your job and you work tirelessly and you push through. And on the other end, you get the emotional satisfaction of a community that holds you in very high esteem. Mm -hmm. As, by the way, we hold our community in very high esteem. All the people in this community that have been with us, have held our hand, have wished us the best, have supported us even, by the way, when we made major mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, that's the part of all of this that, as a retired person, I'm just filled with gratefulness, Yeah, is they actually stuck with us through all of our decisions, even letting us know they didn't like some of them, but they, <laughs> they still supported us. I'm very thankful. I, my family is very thankful. Um, my children are thankful that this community has been unlike any community I could possibly think of. Yeah. So what do you think kind of uh, built that in you? Because you started down in Tucson, Arizona, which for those who haven't been to Tucson is a very sprawling, large city and it's really hard to make like an impact in like that big of a community uh how did that start where did that kind of come from with starting in tucson you know i came up here basically to quit working mm -hmm. um I, I made money uh, but i didn't get the emotional um fulfillment um, I was an anonymous player, and um, I wanted significance. Mm -hmm. And so I moved to this small community just on a lark. Mm -hmm. I came up here to do a job and drove on to Camino Island. And it was one of those immediate things. I, as a matter of fact, I pulled over at Terry's Corner mm -hmm. and called my wife and said, I don't know why, but I know I'm going to live on this island. <laughs> well, Terry's Corner, of course, became this. And um, so many things evolved. I think the reason we started the coffee roasters is because I knew I could make a difference in farmers' lives. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew that this capitalist trek that America was on of making profit at all costs right. was lacking a spiritual dimension of quality of life, quality of other people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, that what we call in business the triple bottom line. And um, when I found out that coffee is actually the worst creator of poverty in the country. Um, and, and, and any of you that have heard my lectures you know, will know that. I knew that we could somehow make a difference. And today, I think we have uh, over 40,000 farmers in the system whose lives are generationally changed because mm -hmm. of Camino Island coffee. Regardless if you know that story or not, you know you're coming and getting great coffee. Mm -hmm. You trust us to make sure that all of that chain, that supply chain, what we help the farmers with in other countries, how we help them buy land, all, you just trust that that is taken care of. Yeah. That has been the most exciting and fulfilling part of my life, is knowing that I could actually make a living and have friends and people around the world that were in the game with me. This is the reason we did work in other countries, is they heard our story and they knew they wanted to be part of it. And by the way, a lot of them were not of the same, definitely not the same political persuasion, the same nationality, the same religions, because it's universal in a person's heart, mm -hmm. is to be here and do no harm and still have a good life. And so many people think they have to make money to help people. Yeah. But we can actually make a change in our daily purchasing habits if the company is trustworthy mm -hmm. and they're not just marketing to us because that's just lying. 
and they're actually keeping everything intact. Well, I started out at Camino Island Coffee Roasters. I don't know how many people have heard this story. I There was nothing on Camino. And uh, Shoe Farms had a little farmer's store yeah. uh, in Stanwood where they sold produce. And um, I went and asked Jennifer Shoe if I could put a tent out in front and give free cups of coffee, tell the story of what we were trying to do, and um, give them directions around the island because there were no signs, there, were no, there was no help. <laughs> and um, that's what I did. I kind of became the welcome wagon of Camino and um, told people my story. And I have so many customers older now that said they'd go and they'd, they'd leave the shoe farms and say, well, he's sure sincere and a nice guy, but we don't think he's going to pull any of this off. <laughs> <laughs> and over the years, of course, we've had, we have, and, um, and it's been awesome. It's been awesome. Yeah. Well, one of the things that, uh, you know, with, with taking over the marketplace, one of the things I was looking at is because they were becoming separate companies, the roasters and the marketplace, I had always been built um, or always thought of the, the business as it's helping these farmers in third world countries and everything that it does through organizations like Agros and stuff. Um, but what I realized is upon purchasing the marketplace and as they officially became two separate companies, that was no longer our mission. Like we contributed by purchasing that coffee and, and using that, and, and we believe strongly in the mission of Camino Island Coffee. But it wasn't our specific mission because our contributions weren't directly going to those farmers. Um, so we kind of had to say, what is the marketplace's mission for here, for the Camino, for what we do? And so we came up with our mission statement, which is to bring joy to the Camino Island community through fruit, service, and drink. And that has been our mission because the roasters, Camino and Coffee does amazing things with their donations and with what they do worldwide. But our vision and what we do is so much more focused and smaller. Um, not smaller in like importance, because I think it's all very important. It's just we're focused on the local side of it. Um, our customer base is the local people, the, the people that come and visit Camino that's our customer base. That's who our mission is for. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was really clarifying to me in, in coming up with that new mission statement and really seeing that play through and, and through talking to new customers and, and old customers mm-hmm. and stuff. They've, mm-hmm. And when I've shared that, they've really, you know, stood by that and said, that is a great mission. And I think, you know, I think you guys are well on your mm-hmm. way in that direction. Well, I think the other thing that, that, um, maybe is forgotten in this process is, you know, we did want to help farmers and we did want to support these people in other countries in lieu of like payments. We didn't want to ever just give a check. Mm-hmm. We wanted to teach them to create their own checks. Right. But the second part of our mission statement is to provide a local living economy. Mm-hmm. The whole reason the marketplace is even here yeah. is there were not enough jobs on Camino. And by the way, Camino, like seriously, how can anyone ever criticize anything about Camino Island. It's about the most perfect place on earth. <laughs> However, you almost have to have money to have come here. Yeah. And the people that are here that need an income, that was sorely lacking. Right. Now that has changed over the years, but it wasn't um, that easy even five years ago. Right. Uh, and so we created service-oriented and retail-oriented jobs 
to provide a local living economy for people that actually wanted to live on Camino. Mm -hmm. And that's a very important part of the marketplace. Not only that, because we love incubating and and, uh, empowering other business people, the complex has also become a incubator for small businesses Mm -hmm. to test their products and, and so forth. It's been very difficult not to allow national companies in here because they've tried. Mm -hmm. But we're really trying to promote local business here at Terry's Corner and show the best of instead of another national brand. Um, We do allow some national brands Mm -hmm. because they're individually licensed here, and that's local people. And, And they offer services that are very unique and different. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everything in this comment, I had eight companies. Every single one of these <laughs> was layered with Camino Island in mind. Yeah. Uh, you remember, I don't remember, no, if you remember, but you remember with the customers that would go to Seoul, Korea, and they would come back and go, and we walked in this coffee shop, and there was videos of you and Camino <laughs> Island coffee roasters on that. You don't know how my heart would just explode because not only were we... Um, supporting farmers. Mm-hmm. Not only were we creating a local uh, living economy, we were now exporting the dream of this perfect place called Camino Island mm-hmm. through the Middle East and through Asia and through Central America. That made me so grateful that mm-hmm. I got to actually be a representative for this brand and for th- this world of Camino Island. Um, and I always took that very seriously. Do not do anything that would make someone from Camino Island ashamed mm-hmm. um, that their name had been brought up yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Cool. So then um, with, you know, you retired a couple years ago and you started working um, on the, the, you got the house in Arizona and stuff like that. How have you, what has been your journey through this whole process of retirement? Because um, I think there are a lot of people... Um, you know, Camino does have a large retirement community, and I think mm-hmm. everyone goes through s- that transition of being in work twenty, you know, forty hours a week, forty plus hours a week. You're you're needed for certain things. You're getting called, texts, all these different things, and to go from that to retirement, how was that transition, and how have you kind of managed through it all? Well, pre-retirement. Uh, 40 hours a week. That would have been a vacation. Um, <laughs> pre-retirement, 80 hours, 100 hours a week was pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, a thousand emails a day was very normal. Um, my international calls start at midnight, and they usually go till four in the morning. So if I got four hours of sleep, I had had a very good night's sleep <laughs> most of my life. Um, and for those people that don't know me, I, I realize it's a curse, but I'm very type A. Like type A feels lazy to me. So <laughs> I'm definitely an overboard um, individual. I suck the air out of the room. Uh, so post-retirement has been dramatically different. Uh, I still want to tell you and, and TJ with the Coffee Roasters what to do, uh, and I really have to temper that to just maybe giving some input and realizing that you guys will take less than 10% of it and should because it's your company. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a change. Um, the second change is realizing that my life needs to be full, even though it's completely different. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just start watching, you know, Oprah every day. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, making that change. I found a wonderful company down in Seattle that makes um, 
uh, Rad brand power bikes. Mm -hmm. And I love the company. And I bought two of those. Yeah. And brought them down to Arizona. So every Mm -hmm. morning, the day starts out with 20 to 25-mile bike ride. Um, And uh, that keeps me, you know... I can still fit in the door of the house in Tucson, which if I didn't have those bikes, I <laughs> probably wouldn't. Um, so, you know, life evolves. Life is different. And and one thing that helped me, again, it was a customer of mine, Donna Schroyer, if anyone knows her, just the most wonderful woman I've ever met. And when she was moving to a retirement center, she said to me, you know, it kind of makes me a little sad and it's a major ju- adjustment. But she said, I just have to look at life as chapters. Mm-hmm. Everything is a different chapter. And how you enter those chapters shows who you are. And so my prayer is, as I enter the next chapter, Lord, help me do it gracefully. (laughs) Help me just handle it gracefully. And that's kind of what it is. I'm just still evolving, and I'm handling it as gracefully as I can and um, still have enough business that I stay somewhat busy, but, you know, hopefully I'll keep divesting. and, um, And life is good. Yeah. Nice. Um, so you've obviously had a, a massive amount of experience through business and, and things like that over your time. What are, what are some projects or things that you've done that you were like, you still think back of as I can't believe I got to do that. And that is like, yeah. My most memorable business experience pre Camino was getting to actually be at the core of creating employee stock ownership companies, ESOPs. Um, I was who they used as the example of empowering employees. Um, And today when I go back to Arizona and get to visit that company and see those employee owners and um, see how it's evolved, which was everything that we had hoped it would be and do, Mm -hmm. um, I'm very proud because it's a... Movement now it's evolved. Now they have what they call B corps, which are doing good corps and all that. And so there's a lot of evolution. But at the end of the day, the fact that um, your employees are a completely untapped resource, and you can't hand anything to them, mm-hmm. just like you can't have anything handed to you. Mm-hmm. But if you train them and teach them and actually give them opportunities, what they can become is amazing. And America is the one country that could really prove that out. Mm-hmm. And we got to do that with ESOPs. I'm just very proud. We, I actually sold over 2,000 ESOPs across America. Okay. And I'm very excited when I see, when I read about these companies that do well. Some didn't do so well. Um, it's just what happens. Business is tough. And, yeah. um, but it was great to be a part. Here at Camino uh, Island, I am so proud of this downtown Camino, I call it. Yeah. I'm so proud. Uh, by the way, it was very hard to do. <laughs> and uh, about five years, I wish I'd never done it. And then when I did do it and the recession hit and everything got, you know, I'd sold the buildings and they all got foreclosed on and everything shut down. And this place was like the ghost town. Mm-hmm. I wanted to run. It was very hard on my ego. And I remember my wife saying to me one day, well, <clears throat> you always talk about character. This is one day when I was complaining, let's just go to Arizona. I don't want anyone to see me anymore. I'm so embarrassed and I'm whining. And she said, well, you always talk about character. Let's see what happens to your character when all the chips are down. I just want to watch this. And my wife, as usual, doesn't take a lot of words. She makes her point. (laughs) Um, I knew I had to prove it. 
And now I look at Camino Commons and it's full and booming and busy. And I think, well, I'm one of those entrepreneurs that almost quit a block away from success. Mm -hmm. And we pushed through. Um, The community continued to support us. And now we have something beautiful. I'm very proud. I'm proud because it was difficult. Mm -hmm. I'm not proud because it was easy. Right. It was a tough road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So then over your experience then, if you had to pull out a handful of things that you feel make up uh, like advice for people that are in business, wanting to get in business or um, anywhere in between there, what would that be? I say if you if you have entrepreneurial tendencies, you have lots of ideas. Mm-hmm. Pick one and take it all the way to success. That means it's not about driving the project to opening. It's yeah. about then adding the sales and marketing, the incremental profits, the incremental customers. What is the value of your customer? Mm-hmm. Because you can monetize how many customers you need to make yourself stay afloat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and figure that out. And follow it to completion. And when you get that one idea done, and it's actually profitable, then you've already made less. You can go to idea number two. Mm-hmm. Um, us entrepreneurs, we like have ideas all over the place. <laughs> and ideas are not great. They're useless, actually. They're cheap. It's the completion of the ideas mm-hmm. that makes a difference. And um, so that, that's the first thing I tell entrepreneurs is, you know, use a discipline, use your discipline, do it in a microcosm of one idea. Yeah. And then when you get past that, you can, you can go from there. But here's the other thing that is so exciting about being self-employed. If you think of it like a state, like a, like an amphitheater, your business is the stage is the platform. Okay. And that platform is going to attract opportunities. Mm -hmm. Very important that you are very jealous about those opportunities. Because you take too many or you do too much, you will ruin your platform. And once you've ruined your platform, you lose all future opportunities. So all my life, I've had to um, um, imagine, visualize my business as my platform, my platform as a platform of opportunities. Mm -hmm. I never could have got international business if I hadn't had Camino Island Coffee Roasters. I never could have had Camino on coffee roasters if I hadn't had my one pound coffee roasters and <laughs> roasted coffee for people on Camino and they got the word out. Yeah. Everything is a platform that brings opportunities and it's very important that you handle each one of these opportunities carefully um, so that at the end, people look, I still to this day have people that say, you were so lucky. <laughs> well, I was, I was lucky, I was blessed, but you work your own luck. And you work your own opportunities, and you have to be very careful with them. I, I lecture in universities and colleges, all other places of the world as well as here. And I, the one thing I notice is they all think their idea is so valuable. Mm-hmm. Your idea is nothing. <laughs> it's how you take care of your idea. And by the way, some people even have bad ideas. Yeah. And they follow the right procedures, and they become successful. So it's like, like Amazon. What a dumb idea. I laughed at that idea for years. They'll never make money. Well, okay. So, you know, don't, don't listen to me. But when you carry through with those great ideas or bad ideas or mediocre ideas and you follow them through to completion, you can be successful. The other thing is be careful what your term successful means. Yeah. 
It's great to have a balanced life and a good family and get to live and work in the same place. Success isn't always money because mm-hmm. sometimes you have to sell everything else just to have that money. Be real careful what, you, what your um, definition of success is. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the other question I'd have to that then is how do you know? Because we, I mean, we talk about pivoting and stuff like that um, when an idea doesn't seem to be working. Or um, My confusion always comes with when do you decide to end an idea and move to another one if you think that you've brought it to completion or you're moving in that direction, but you're just not seeing it or, or <laughs> when do you know when that, cause you know, you've probably had ideas and stuff that didn't end up working. Mm-hmm. At what point do you decide, Nope, it's time to cut this off and move on with something else? Well, it depends on what chapter of your life you're in. Okay. So my pivoting would happen quicker than someone else's because I have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. Other people can't afford to do it. For those of you old timers on Camino, you realize that I, opened the original Islanders restaurant, which is now the library. Um, And my idea was it was going to be a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. I wanted a coffee shop, a real live sit down, great coffee shop with live music. And, you know, it was a cool coffee shop. Yeah. The only problem is we had no restaurants or food anywhere. And I'm not talking just Camino. Like there wasn't a lot of choices in Stanwood either. Yeah. And so when I opened, everyone was complaining because they wanted food. I knew right away that that would be the worst experience of my life. I had no passion or love for owning a restaurant. (laughs) And so I couldn't morph. Like every bit of morphing I did would have been um, unhappiness to me. Mm -hmm. So I just chose to pivot. Sold the building. It became Islanders pizza or something. I don't know. And then they sold it to some, some guys that really worked hard at it. And, um, uh, but for me, I had to pivot because I was not going to have a life of hamburgers. (laughs) And, um, uh, and then there's other things I'll give you one of, one of my dumb ideas, which I've had millions of, um, I had this, I found this machine that made these like, um, crusty long things on a stick, kind of like a corn dog, but it was all a waffle. And I called them crab legs and I made them and in the marketplace when we first opened and we dipped them in chocolate and it was a great idea, by the way. It was, it was I thought they were fun. Uh, but obviously Camino didn't think they were fun <laughs> because every night the, the uh, crab legs were drooped over because they'd gotten soggy in the chocolate and they all went in the garbage and the next day we made new ones and okay. It was a dumb idea. It was very exciting to me, but it was a dumb idea, and they didn't like it. Um, and I'm just still hurt about that, by the way. Everybody on Camino, I'm really hurt about that because I loved my crab legs, but it didn't work. But what people really wanted was a bakery. Well, I don't do bakeries. I don't even barely make food at home. I don't know what anyone's talking about. But everyone kept saying they wanted a real bakery. Mm-hmm. So as I always do, I put the word out and I never put it out usually that I'm dreaming mm-hmm. and anyone that knows me when I want something, it happens. And it's just always been that way. I'm very fortunate that way. If I want something, um, uh, God brings it to me. So mm-hmm. I put out the word that I wanted a bakery and I went to Windermere, who's by the way, from day one, been extremely supportive of us. Mm -hmm. And Marlon, Randy, let me get up and talk to all the realtors as they always did. And, and I said, I'm going to open a bakery. I want to open a bakery. 
does anyone know anyone with bakery experience? And the next thing I know, a realtor steps forward and says, I just sold a house to a client that had a bakery and da 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 Long story short, we opened up our French bakery. Have we ever looked back with that bakery? No. Like, does it get bigger every week? What is with Feels that like bakery? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm serious. I still go, I don't think there's enough people on Camino to eat all this stuff, but <laughs> it's gone. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's created lots of great culinary jobs. Yeah. Um, it's, how many bakers do you have now? There's uh, four baking assistants right now. Four, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Barry running it. Yes. Oh, my word. Yeah. So it's like, for the love of Pete, what is with this bakery? Um, well, I wouldn't have had the bakery <clears throat> if I hadn't had the crab legs. <laughs> <laughs> so I always say, well... Thank the universe for the crab legs because you got me. I had a platform. I had an idea. Because I had the platform, I was able to bring in another idea that was better. Everybody does love the almond croissants much more than the crab legs. And so we evolved into something successful. That's when I'm talking about businesses. Is that a pivot or is that a morphing? Mm. You know, business evolves. Business matures. Business changes. And... Um, and you know, when, when I started the marketplace, we bought those white diner mugs. Yeah. Okay. That right there is the extent of my retail experience. So <laughs> I would just order literally semi-truck loads of diner mugs and stainless steel thermoses and stainless steel coffee canisters. Do you remember? <laughs> yes. The three, the three products. And I remember when I'd call and say, I need 10,000 more thermoses and they'd go, how do you sell all these thermoses? I'm like, I, I can sell. I just don't know how to pick. And, um, and then uh, Christy uh, came to me and wanted to just work in the gift shop, mm-hmm. which lasted 10 minutes, and she took it <laughs> over. And, and now, of course, the gift shop does really pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Is it, like, weird? It um, really is. And not, not just that, but, um, um, again, I know we've talked about this, but it is – we feel very fortunate and, and – um, it's unique to be in the position that we are. Um, we've seen a lot of other uh, gift shops similar to ours that have failed over this pandemic because of everything. Right. And um, feel very blessed that, that mm-hmm. things have ended the way they have and continued on to grow mm. over this time. Yeah, well, that's bringing me to one more, um, another piece of owning a business, which I'll get to in a minute. But with Christy, she took a platform. Like, I built a platform. It had rusty nails and it had a hole in the middle, but it was a platform. Mm-hmm. And she brought it in and developed it into something really great. Yeah. Um, and not only that, was an extremely pleasurable person to work with the whole right. time. And, um, and now look how, how well it does, e-commerce-wise, gift, Christmas-giving-wise, everything. So, you know, the platform has to be started. Here's another thing I like to tell entrepreneurs. Your idea is great, but it's a very small footprint idea. Mm-hmm. And a lot of entrepreneurs don't get that. Like your juice. Yeah. I'm going to do juice. That's great. If you do six other things next to the juice, because your juice idea is a small footprint yeah. idea. It's great to have a Jamba Juice out there. But they could have done it in a little tiny kiosk. I mean, it doesn't really need a whole 1,200 square feet. Mm-hmm. And so sizing your ideas to the marketplace. On Camino Island, we can't have big ideas. Yeah. It's a small community. Right. So it's having multiple small ideas and not trying to make a living on any of them. Right. 
I think that was something you showed me when we went to uh, Guatemala on one of the trips. You would constantly, like as we walked through the malls, as we walked down the streets, you were constantly pointing out like, look, that's about 400 square feet right there. And there's a person, they're making their entire living out of that um, 400 square feet. And you, I feel like, and, and actually if you look at the retail industry right now, that's where things are moving. Yes. They weren't there yet though. No. And that was something you were pointing out to me very early on of like, this is what works in a small community mm-hmm. um, versus in the city. You can have a single idea on even a, like you said, so there's, I've seen videos on things. I'm like, I don't understand why that business is in business, No, but it's because they're in a city. So they have enough people that are willing to go out and buy that one thing. But on a small, in a small community, you can't do that. You, the same business principles don't apply on that. No, I, you know, bigger is not better. Mm-hmm. That's another American lie. Bigger is not better. I've been all over the world. Smaller is better. Um, I'd rather have smaller and more. Mm-hmm. Give me 10 great ideas in a building and make it a full-figured, awesome building mm-hmm. as opposed to one big idea that you either win or you lose. Mm-hmm. I can take any big box building in America and make it successful. Yeah. I just get 20 little ideas and put it in there. Yeah. And, um, and then make it flow. That's the other thing. It's got to flow. Yeah. But it don't make sense. It don't make sense. It's got to right. flow. There's got to be an experience. Um, at the end of the day, the experiential part of it. The other thing is people love entertainment. Even walking into our uh, marketplace and getting to see people make baked goods, hear the blenders making juices and frozen explosion, having someone scoop an ice cream, having hamburgers across the aisle with Jesse, um, having the, uh, Lydia do her great art and have her, that, it's all an experience. Yeah. When they have company that comes to Camino Island, they know this is a way to eat up an hour and a half, two hours of pure pleasure and have their company leave going, that was really fun. Mm-hmm. If it isn't fun and it's not entertaining, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Now, knowing that, how many stores do we walk into where the person's sitting on a bar stool behind the counter doing nothing? Yeah. Well, that's not fun. Right. Like... I want to get engaged. I want to have fun. I want, this has to be fun. Yeah. And we forget that. It's not about you and your living. That'll happen. It's about letting the customers have a great experience. And what did we say from day one? When they come in to the marketplace, it's a little mini Disneyland of Camino. Mm -hmm. We're showing the best of Camino. We're giving them maps. We're showing them where things are. We're connecting them to realtors, builders, churches. It's literally being the welcome wagon for Camino Island. And in that, money happens. Yeah. Always happens. We don't have to push that part. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I, it, it reminds me <clears throat> even back at like the Christmas house or when we had the little store uh, in the roaster, like in that front part, um, your, like you were, all, one, you were always moving around and always keeping busy and looking busy uh, and, you know, staying engaged with what you were doing. But two, it's like we, we are at this point now where we constantly have people coming in and out of the doors of the marketplace. It wasn't like that even a few years ago. No. And so you would, in, you would be doing things on the floor and reorganizing a few things. But as soon as someone came in, you were right there. You were engaged with them. And um, it, you, just, you made that an experience for them. It wasn't just walking in another small town store. It was a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. So... I remember when the roaster opened retail, which again, if you want to call it retail, it was a bad <laughs> excuse for retail. I remember the Saturday I hit $100 in sales in the retail side. Oh my gosh. 
I thought we had made it. And then when we hit 300, like, could you even imagine getting bigger than that? You know, and it's like, so now that's why, I, you know me, even though I'm retired, I get so excited about you and your retail because that retail heartbeat is the most exciting heartbeat. And when we have a $10,000 day, what's better yet, um, Brandon, is not the $10,000 day. Mm-hmm. It's that you look at the per invoice ticket and it's 15 to $17. Mm-hmm. How many customers did it take to get to that dollar amount? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But think of how many people got to enjoy themselves for one hour right. for $15. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. That makes me so excited because yeah. we have kind of become a little local Disneyland. Yeah. And there's room for more. Mm-hmm. There's room for more businesses. There's room for more because every time we make the experience on Camino deeper, yeah. We give people that one moment in their life where they can forget reality and come to the most perfect place on the planet. <clears throat> yeah. Do you know how many people come visiting and say to you, is there any place better than Camino Island? <laughs> you know how many people just are like, does this place really exist? Yeah. We're like, yeah, and we get to live here. Yeah. We actually are more blessed than anybody I can imagine. Mm-hmm. It's our job to brag on Camino left and right, to let people know this is as good as it gets. Yeah. Well, and, and just even today, uh, coming over for the podcast, um, that whole grassy area, there's, uh, I don't know how many kids were running around out there, but it's it's great. It's just that energy and that, um, that yeah, it's really that energy mm-hmm. and that center that, that the commons has that, that there's just this energy there. And the playground over at Freedom Park right next to us. Yeah. Think about that. Where do you go to a community where it's private people keeping a park going? Yeah. The government doesn't give us anything. Right. They didn't fund it. These are people and service organizations in the area that said, we're going to create a community park. I don't care if you don't even have kids. Mm -hmm. When you drive by that park, think about that. Yeah. You don't find that. Right. We are very blessed to live here. Yeah. Well, the other thing I've I've learned in in working in this community and, and through the podcast, really is, um, you know, I, I've been interviewing um, lots of different people as we get new directors and stuff into different organizations. I like to interview them and, and hear their story and everything. What has blown me away, especially over this last uh, year of doing the podcast, um, is that if you go to your average town and you go to the head of the food bank, the, you know, your community centers, um, you know, your chamber of commerces, whatever it is, you go to those places and the people that are the heads of those kind of seem like they, and this isn't to put them down, but because I I know they have a good heart, but a lot of times they're the people that didn't quite make it either in a corporate world or in in other places. So they've kind of fallen into that position and it's a lot of work still, but they're in that. When I've talked with and interviewed the director of our food bank, both our previous one who was Lynn Ayers and our new one, Kathy, um, as well as the community center, uh, our Chamber of Commerce, Jessica McCready, is amazing, and a, incredible, a, a gold mine for this community. Can't be replaced. Yeah, it's it blows me away the level of um, personnel that we have in these positions. Mm-hmm. I mean, our, our fire chief Levon has done a amazing job working with the Camino Center in getting the vaccinations and all that stuff. Um, regardless of the vaccination stuff, the way they organized everything. They have done a better and smoother job 
with volunteers at our Kameno Center than they did in Skagit, Whidbey, where they have full access to hospitals, nurses, doctors. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible what this community mm-hmm. has been able to pull off. Look at a population of any city. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the percentages are, but I'd say half of the people in that city don't even want to live there. Mm-hmm. They live there because they have a job there. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kameno, that's not the case. Yeah, You have to passionately want to be here. Like, this is inconvenient. <laughs> in that, what do we get? Mm-hmm. People that truly and passionately love where they live. Yeah, That is such a gift to actually not get stuck somewhere, but mm-hmm. actually want to be somewhere. Right. This is very deliberate. Because if it wasn't, every time you tried to drive off this island <laughs> to go to work, you'd be thinking, I got to commute. I got to go uh, move somewhere closer. Right. The ones that are here want to be here. Yeah. And in that, Everybody cares about their community. Everyone cares about their environment. Mm -hmm. Everyone cares about um, their neighbors. Yeah. I mean, this is a crazy place. And how did we get so lucky? How did I do the job that Sunday that (laughs) drove me onto the Camino and listened to my heart enough to say, this is where we're moving? It was the best decision. And by the way, it never was easy. There were no schools on the island when we moved up here. I forgot to do research. So, you know, we're here um, with my kids and there's no school and everything has been a challenge. But could we have chosen a better place? Mm-hmm. I don't believe we could have. I think that, you know, your lifetime friendships have proven that. Right. This community and the people that really care have proven that, that we could not have been luckier than to choose Kameno as our home. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's been an amazing um, and continues to be an amazing community. Yeah. Um, everything that goes on here. Yeah. And it's continually growing. And um, I think Kameno is far busier than it's ever been. Um, and I think it's being discovered more than it's ever been as well. Well, and I think that the trend now, there's always trends and they change constantly. But <laughs> the trend now is the people that are in the cities are trying to flee on the weekends for day trips and, you know, a taste of the good life and Mm -hmm. some fresh air and less crime and all those things. And so they love taking day trips. And um, day trips are awesome for us. Mm -hmm. Day trips create lots of coffee sales. They (laughs) create lots of restaurant sales. They, um, you know, playgrounds. So all this day tripping has been awesome for Camino. And it's actually a fairly good industry for Camino. Mm Uh, as long as they don't decide to spend the night, because then it's going to be an issue for them. But, you know, a few people can spend the night. There's Airbnbs, there's um, bed and breakfasts and so forth, but not much. Right. We can always wish for more things, more hotels, more this, more that. Just be careful, because there's a cost to everything you wish for that comes here. Mm-hmm. In our inconvenience, in our backwardness, there's a beauty. Mm-hmm. If we wish all these new things into existence at the end, we're no different than anyone else. Yeah. And I like the difference. I love the authenticity of Camino Island. Yeah. And I like to make fun of our authenticity because it's kind of fun to make fun of yourself. <laughs> you know, we are just Camino <clears throat> Island. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Very cool. So um, before we get into the rapid fire questions, um, what does it look like moving forward for you then as you continue on to retirement and... All of that. Well, we're blessed to have the most perfect uh, house on Camino Island, better than anybody else's. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, we have a beautiful little spot on a beautiful little street. 
with great neighbors, and um, we're very blessed. So our life will continue there. Um, uh, you know, we go back to Arizona when we feel like it. Um, definitely not our home, mm-hmm. but a fun place to visit. And um, I get to watch my kids in business, which is an entrepreneur's greatest blessing to see his kids in uh, as entrepreneurs. Um, you know, life is great. There's going to be evolving and there's going to be different layers, but just a whole lot more of the same would be awesome. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, um, I think I don't... I'm pretty sure I didn't have the rapid fire questions when you were on because we I were hate on the first those. podcast. I have to talk fast and get done. I got, <laughs> I got it. Um, but I also get to add my uh, newest one that I'm starting, uh, and I thought this would be a fun episode to start with. So, um, so first one is, uh, what purchase of $100 or less have you enjoyed the most over the last uh, three months? Oh, my gosh. I didn't prep for any of these. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> it takes very little to make me really happy. Mm-hmm. So my Jeff Americano at the marketplace is my greatest pleasure in life, which is literally just so strong that 99% of people can't drink it. And um, (laughs) no cream. I just want my great long shot, five shot Americanos. Doesn't cost much, but it just totally makes my day. So (laughs) if I had to pick, definitely that's the first thing that comes to my mind. All right. Uh, pretend you have a friend coming to visit from out of town. What would the first day look like here? Well, we love our house. We love going crabbing, enjoying the boat, going to the marketplace. (laughs) We hope that there's some art show or something at the marketplace. Um, You know, just kind of hanging. Oh, Barnum Point, what a great walk through there. Uh, English Boom, what a great little walk. And again, not because we need to be slower, Mm -hmm. but helping the people come visit us be slower, yeah. be present. Um, I think that's what grounds them to Camino. That's why their favorite memory is always coming up here to visit. It's not because of how many things we do. Yeah. It's how little we do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, who's an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? Well, there's so many, and I think you're on number 100. Um, I, I think you've interviewed a lot of them. And there's more up-and-comers coming and more things that are happening. So I would just tell you, keep doing more of the same. There are people I hadn't even heard of. Mm-hmm. And then when you really find out what their passion is and what they're doing, you get passionate about it. Yeah. You have interviewed some people that I just gets my juices going. You know, <laughs> um, Some of these entrepreneurs that have started little businesses in Stanwood and stuff, yeah. it just excites me to no end. Yeah. Um, so just keep doing more of yeah. the same. Cool. All right. And this is the new question. Um, I've changed it from the billboard one because that one, I don't know. I think it's kind of difficult and it's somewhat abstract. Um, So this is my new one. Um, If you could go back to your 20-year-old self uh, and give him a piece of advice, what would you tell him? Well, as you know, being your dad, I'm a dither and I'm a worrier. Mm -hmm. Everyone sees me as positive. I'm not. Um, My greatest self wants to be positive. My inner self is always freaked out. Mm-hmm. If I could just get past one thing in, when I was 20, it would have been the fact that 80% of what we worry about never happens. Mm. If I could just have given that one up, um, life would have been so much more freeing. Yes, it probably helped me be successful because I was always afraid I'd fail, but I wish I could have worried less yeah. and enjoyed life more. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you so much for joining me for the 100th episode of the podcast. Thank you. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one.
Well, a big thank you to Jeff Erickson for joining me on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, you can go to commandocommons.com slash EP100. That's commandocommons.com slash EP100. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.